This week, as we continue our, our, um, our series this morning, I, I know last week I said it was the end of our series because we, there's only three phrases in our purpose. It's find God, give hope, and what? Do life together. You're exactly right. I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful that you are really leaning forward and, and digging into this series with us. And so you might say, well, Pastor John, we've talked about all three of the purpose statements so why is there a fourth part of the series? No, I'm not adding anything to what we're going to say. But it just, as, as I began to study and, and pray for this message, I felt like the Spirit of the Lord was, was speaking to me a, a, a word that we need to understand this morning. And that word is empowered. Turn to your neighbor and say, empowered. You see, because I believe that the Holy Spirit has given us a purpose and a mission that we are not able to accomplish on our own. As a matter of fact, we are called to partner with the Holy Spirit in order to see his mission brought forth in our community. As a matter of fact, I will tell you this, that if you have a mission that you're living out in your life that you can do on your own, you are actually probably not in the will of God. Let that sink in for a second. If you are doing life and you're able to do everything that God has called you to do, you have heard from the wrong God. Because he is calling us to partner with him in a mission that is bigger than you and I. It's bigger than the four walls of this church. And it's something that you and I can't accomplish on our own. We need an empowerment from a risen Savior. And that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know many of you this morning. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what, what uh, your church background is. But I will tell you this morning that we are unashamed, uh, um, unashamedly Pentecostal in the symbols of God in this room. Many denominations uh, believe that, uh, that the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for, for the apostles and for the early church, but I, I want to tell you that there is no end to the promises that God has given us. That God has a desire to work and move in the hearts and the lives of the believers, even here in this place. And that healing, and that clarity, and that deliverance, and that supernatural and natural gifts are available to each and every believer. And it's your right and it's my right to raise our hands and to submit ourselves to the Lord. And ask him to speak and move and baptize us in his spirit. And it's his faithfulness to do it this morning. And so it's my prayer, it's my hope, it's my, it's my, it's my burden this morning to present to you an opportunity to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, you might, be a, you might be a new Christian or you might have been a Christian all of your life. For one year, for 99 years, there's no judgments. I'm not looking and trying to guess anyone's age. Okay? <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that you may be a Christian and you may be struggling to live your life in a way that honors God. You may be struggling to live your life free from sin. You may be struggling to live your life filled with joy. 
filled with the confidence and the boldness of, of the conviction that's been placed in your heart and your life. And you look around and there's some people that you see and they're happy and they're wonderful and they're vibrant and they're, they're excited about life and they, they seem just to have a line of communication set up with God. And then you look around and you see people like the ones that are sitting next to you. <laughs> just kidding. And the truth of the matter is, is that we... We can all struggle at times with various things. We struggle with moments in our life when heartache hits, when the world throws things at us. We struggle with temptation. We struggle with addiction. We struggle with things like pornography or alcohol or tobacco or even dealing with just that little device in our pockets and we can't take our eyes off of it. And it's addiction and it's a bondage. And it doesn't just hit our young people. And I need somebody to understand this morning is that there is a way that God has called us to live a holy life and you and I can accomplish that in the name of Jesus. But it's not without his baptism in the Holy Spirit. He has called us to submit ourselves under his authority. And he has given us the opportunity to tap into a power that can, that can break every chain of bondage, every chain of addiction in our lives, that can cause us to walk in joy and in peace and cause us not to have the Bible as a task that we have to read every day, but try to hold me back from tapping into the God's word. Right. And he can do all of that in our hearts and our lives this morning if we submit ourselves to being baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, I have, I have some wonderful, amazing kids. I couldn't ask for any better kids. My wife and I, probably have the best kids around, in my, just my personal opinion. <laughs> Nothing against your kids, I'm sure they're wonderful. But every now and then, my, my kids need a little bit of correction. That's how they stay good. Yeah. Come on, parents, say amen to that. Yeah. You, you need to bring a little bit of correction sometimes. And so, since I've made a choice in my life to have four children, <laughs> I can't be in four places at once. And so sometimes I have to send um, a word with one of my children to another to take care of business for me, okay? So I'll turn to my daughter. She's about to turn 10 this week on Wednesday. And, and matter of fact, today or yesterday was my wife's birthday. Yeah. I think Haley Lish is today. Happy birthday, Haley. But we, we have... We have these kids, and I turn to my 10-year-old, almost 10-year-old, and I say, Harper, I want you to go tell your brother to clean his room. How do you think that turns out? And she goes into that 7-year-old, and she says, Johnny, clean your room. And you know what that 7-year-old says? He doesn't even look up. He doesn't do nothing. Man, not a chance. And Harper comes back to me and says, Daddy, Johnny's not cleaning his room. And I say, well, you go back to Johnny and you tell him, you tell him that he's going to get in trouble if he doesn't clean his room. And I 
You know, it's about two or three seconds later, and she, Johnny, you're going to get in trouble if you don't clean your room. And you know what I hear? Nothing. He doesn't do nothing. He says, get out of my room. Shuts the door. She comes back into me. She said, Johnny's not cleaning his room. By this time, I realize what's going on, okay? She is delivering the message that I wanted her to deliver, but delivering it inside of her own authority. I look at her and I said, Harper, you tell Johnny that daddy says, clean your room. She goes back and says, Johnny, you're about to get in trouble. Daddy said, clean your room. (laughs) Boy, you wouldn't believe how fast that room gets cleaned. And you know why? Because he doesn't care about what his sister thinks about him. But he knows that he's got a father. He knows he's got a father. See, you and I, we need to come to an understanding here that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about moving and working inside of the authority of God. And there are things in your life that you've been speaking the right message to, that you've been speaking about. There are things in life that you've been called to do and you've been delivering the right message. But something is happening, something is wrong, something is not breaking loose. And I'm here to tell you today that when you begin to function and move within the authority that God has given you through the power of his spirit, something is going to change. If you're dealing with addiction, if you're dealing with substance abuse, if you're dealing with over-the-counter medication, something will change when you begin to move in the authority of the Holy Spirit. God is going to do something great today. I believe it. Do you feel it? Amen. Amen. See, there's, there's a distinct and different moment and a difference between salvation in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, salvation comes into our heart and our life when we bend our knee because the Holy Spirit has been drawing us and wooing us, convicting of us of our sin. And we come to the Lord and we, we bend our knee and we submit our hearts and our lives over to Christ. And when we pray a prayer and repent of our sins and ask Jesus to come in and be the Lord and master of our life, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and bring renewal and redemption into our lives. And if you've ever experienced that in your life, you say, man, right now, because God has moved in a remarkable way, but there is something different. There's a new and another experience out there for the heart and the life of a believer. You see, because when I was a kid, I got saved very early on. I I was one of those children's church radical kids, okay? I mean, I loved going to church. I was raised underneath the pew, okay? Back whenever, y'all don't know nothing about pews, I guess. (laughs) I know something about pews, and I was raised in the church. I grew up singing those old and faithful songs. I I, I grew up understanding what it was to be in in the ministry. My my grandfather was a minister. My dad was an associate minister. My uh, my uncle was a minister. 
I, I know what it was like to be in the ministry. I knew what it was like to grow up inside of the church. You see, but, but my experience wasn't complete. Because the moment that I asked the Lord for an anointing, the moment I asked the Lord to come and I submitted myself to him, and I said, Lord, I know that you are the master and the savior of my life, but now, Lord, I know that you have a plan and a purpose for me, and Lord, I'm going to open my heart and my life to be used by you to minister and to do whatever you've called me to do. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, Lord. I don't know what, what I'm going to be when I grow up. I still don't, by the way. I don't know. I don't know what you're calling me to do, Lord, but whatever it is that you're calling me to do, I need your power to do it. And I submitted my life to him, and I, I want to tell you something. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with a initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues, and I was given spiritual gifts, and now I want to tell you that it was like I was watching my faith on a black and white TV, and then all of a sudden, I'm in color. All of a sudden, the word came alive to me. All of a sudden, my calling, my, my giftings made sense. All of a sudden, I understood what it was like to be passionate about God. All of a sudden, everything that I've been singing about and everything that I've been talking about and everything that I've been living in all of a sudden fell into place and I understood for the first time. And maybe you're here like that. And maybe you've been to church and you've seen all this and you've heard all this before and you've seen everybody else experience things, but you wonder why you're the one that's struggling. You wonder why you're the one that's not as passionate. You wonder why you feel like you're a rock that can never be moved like Jesus. Okay. And I want to tell you something, that the Lord has something for you. He didn't move in my life because I'm something special. He didn't move in my life because he was calling me to be a pastor. He didn't move in my life because I had some kind of something. He moved in my life because I was willing to allow him to do a work in me. And I wonder if there's somebody here that is willing to allow him to do a work in them this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, I'm not sure where you've come from or what your experience is, but I want you to know that the Lord desires to fill you with his spirit because you cannot accomplish what he has called you to do without partnering with the Holy Spirit. If you're actively pursuing that mission in your life, that purpose in your life, and you can't pull it off, then that's a surefire thing to tell you that you're probably moving in the correct will because you need the help of God. See, God has called us to be in a mission, in a partnership together. And he's promised baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, we're going to find out that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just simply not talked about for the first time in the New Testament, but... It was foretold, and it's a promise given to us all the way back in the Old Testament. Amen. Joel chapter 2, you see the, 
The prophet Joel was in Israel, and at the moment, Israel was dealing with two devastating natural disasters. And, and then there were, there were uh, military forces on the outside that were watching Israel struggle and were sharpening their swords so that they could invade. The, the leadership was fractured. The people were falling apart. Hope was all but lost. And they didn't know what to do. And then through it all, the Lord spoke to that prophet. And he spoke a message to tell them that after the restoration happened, something would occur. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all. Somebody say all. People, your sons and daughters. I'm going to stop right there. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. I need to tell somebody that it doesn't matter where you are, who you come from, what gender you are, what race you are, what nationality, what creed. It doesn't matter what your background is, how much money you have in the bank or the lack thereof. God desires to move in your life in a powerful way, and he's promised it. And 836 years later, Jesus spoke, and he said, you wait for the fulfillment of the promise that was given to you. And 120 people met in an upper room and prayed, and then the Holy Spirit was poured out on men and women and young and old and servants and free and Jews and Gentiles. And it just doesn't matter who you are because God wants to do something in somebody's life this morning. And the servant, the prophet Joel, he spoke and he called through his book, he called the people to do three things. He called them to pray and to repent and, cha and to change from a, a, a lifestyle of fear and bondage to one of hope and promise. And I believe that's what God is calling each one of us to do today. He's calling you to a time of prayer to repent from the things that are going on inside of you that would displease the Lord, that would offend God. You can't have a partnership with God and be offensive with God at the same time. It doesn't work. You can't have it your way and God's way. Somebody's got to drive. We're called to repent. And we're called to change. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not about changing to what we want. It's about changing to what God wants. And when we begin to allow our life to change to what God wants, you'll discover that it's what you really wanted all along. Amen. Isn't that something? That when you allow yourself to be used by God according to his purpose, it turns out that his purpose was the perfect purpose for your life. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, 39. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then 
you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, meaning the people that day, right? Your children, meaning the next generation. And for those far away, meaning for all that would come after that generation, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Have you been called by the Lord our God this morning? Then that promise is for you and for your children and for the next generation after your children. Somebody say amen. It is my goal and my life's desire to see my children baptized in the Holy Spirit. Family, we are living inside of the, the inside of this receiving of the promise since the day it was given. The purpose of the baptism and the Holy Spirit is just as relevant today as it was on the day of Pentecost almost 2,000 years ago. As a matter of fact, I think it would be easy to make the argument that it is even more relevant today. It is even more relevant today. It is the right of every Christian to seek and expect the same experience and the same outpouring as the early church. CLC, this baptism that is for us empowers us and will cause us to be filled with the purpose that God has given to us. And so I want you to understand that in order for us to understand the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you and I must understand who the Holy Spirit is. So first, I need you to understand what the presence of the Holy Spirit really is. You see, without understanding what his presence means, we lose out on understanding who he is. Many people believe that the Holy Spirit is some kind of a force, some, some kind of power and movement, but the Bible doesn't explain him and describe him as a force. It describes him as a person. He is the third per person of the adorable Godhead, the Trinity, and he's calling out and de desiring to do a work in the hearts and lives of the believer. You need to understand that without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't see a creation Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't see the human race. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't see a Bible. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't see the New Testament. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't have the ability to communicate the love and the mercy and the gospel of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't see a universe. And without the Holy Spirit, it would be impossible to come to the Lord in faith because the Holy Spirit is the person behind the power, behind each one of those things and even more. You see, living a Christian life is impossible without the help of the Spirit. But even when you rely on Him, I've got to be honest with you, there are many times, even in my darkest hours, in my walk with the Lord, that I would call on the Lord and ask, Lord, it would just be so helpful if you just came and sat right here next to me in my truck and we could ha have a conversation face to face. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just reach out and touch him and feel him and hear his voice and see his face? But when we read and we find out in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said this, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Lord, Lord, you don't mean that. I need you. I want you. I need to experience you. But he continues on. Because if I don't, the advocate 
won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. We need to understand that Jesus said it was better for him to leave us so that the Holy Spirit would come. You see, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as the paraclete. That's a Greek word that means advocate here in this translation or comforter, encourager, or counselor. In Oklahoman, it means to come alongside. Many years ago, Christ's legacy felt like we needed a, the staff, we needed a word uh, that we could use in a, a dangerous situation that would explain to the other staff that we needed help immediately because there was a safety risk. And out of Pastor Brooks's great wisdom, he chose the word paraclete. We had to figure out how to use the, paraclete, the word paraclete in code in a stressful situation. Think about that right now. A belligerent man is standing at the door trying to force his way in. And you've got to figure out how to communicate the word paraclete to the rest of the staff in a natural conversation. It doesn't work. One time I was faced with a situation where I needed the staff. I was in a dangerous situation and I couldn't remember the word paraclete. I kept thinking parakeet for some reason. That guy I was talking to probably thought I was on drugs too. I finally turned around and I said, come help me y'all. But I need somebody to understand this morning that when life puts you in positions and places where you need authority and you need to function in power, you will not forget the name Holy Spirit. Because he is exactly who you and I must call on in order to gain access to the power that God has for us and wants to unlock in our lives. Number two, we need to understand power. Somebody say power. You see, when I read in the word of God, every time I see Jesus, a miracle is either just occurred, happening right then, or has just happened. Everywhere Jesus went, miracles were, hap were happening, but miracles didn't take place until Jesus was anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit when he was baptized by John, and we saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him like a dove. I need somebody here this morning to understand that whenever the Holy Spirit comes upon your life, miracles and radical encounters are the normative experience for the heart and life of a Christian that has been baptized. See, baptism in the Holy Spirit refers to a separate work of the Holy Spirit where we are submerged in Him. We are submerged in Him. Consider how Jesus says it in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, and behold, I am sending forth a, the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay here in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. We get this beautiful word, clothed, and it describes the believer being clothed, putting on the cloak of power that is given to us by Jesus for the use of his purpose and his will. See, the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives in many ways. It can break the chain of bondage. It can bring joy to our hearts. It's the, it's the thing that 
binds the church together in unity under the lordship of Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit is the thing that makes the lame to walk and the blind to see that opens prison doors and it's meant for you and me. The Holy Spirit's power is something that we as believers are called upon to walk daily in in our lives. It's the ability to speak God's word and be his witnesses and share his gospel to the ends of the earth. You see, five times in, in the book of Acts, we find out how we know that we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. In each of the five occurrences, something wonderful happens. In three of the occurrences, there's initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit empowers them, gives them utterance. I don't know why God did that. I, I, I could guess why. I could read a whole bunch of scholars. All I know is that that is the initial physical evidence of of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why did I say three and not five? Because the other two, we find out later that they did speak in tongues. In all five occurrences, we find out that glossolalia or the speaking of unknown tongues is the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But that's not the end and that's not even the best part. Because whenever you walk away from that moment, God empowers you to walk in a boldness for him, a confidence. He convicts you of your sin, but at the same time, he empowers you to overcome your sin. And he gives you a love and a desire to know him in a deeper way than you've ever experienced in your life. He's calling that for you and your family right now. And finally, we are called with a purpose we open ourselves to allow the Holy Spirit and his power to move in us and through us for two reasons. The first reason is that we are empowered for holiness. We are empowered for holiness. You see, I don't even have to tell anybody in this place how hard it is to live a holy life in this day and age. Each one of us in our pockets right now have the ability to go anywhere, do anything, see anything, and talk to anybody that we want to in five seconds or less. And so whatever our imagination or the desires of our heart and our pull of our lives brings us to, if we allow those to run, they can take us into sin in moments. But you and I, we are called and commanded to live holy lives Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to tell you that it is impossible to fulfill that command without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. The word baptism means to be immersed or dipped in. I want you to imagine right now that if I had a cup of water and, and it was clear and you could see it was murky inside, all sorts of things that you wouldn't want to put in your body. But then I, I grabbed a hose and the hose was attached to a, a source of water that was crystal clear and so clear that, that, that you could drink it. And I put that hose in that glass of water and I turned it on full blast that in just moments... 
that that water would, would disperse all the impurities in that glass and that not only would it disperse the impurities, but it would continue to flow out and get wet everything around it. And that is what God desires for each one of our lives, not only to clean us up from the inside, but to allow his presence and his power and his purpose to slosh over and, and, and touch each and everything around us to change not only who we are, but our family and our community in this nation, in this world, for the cause of Jesus Christ. He's called us to allow our lives to be flooded with his power. And we are empowered, number two, to witness. We're empowered to witness. But if this is not just a This baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just for us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you, Jesus is speaking, will receive what? Didymos, power, dynamite, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, you and I can, we can go to our friends and our neighbors, our loved ones, our family members. We can step foot on our campuses, young people. We can go to our places of work and have simple conversations, logical conversations, delightful conversations about who the historical Jesus was. And you can have your point and we can have our points and, and, and we can debate and talk and be friendly but it's just ideas until it becomes personal until you and I tap into a personal experience with a risen savior and have his real power move in our hearts and our lives and then there's no debate at all Either the move of God is evident in our lives or it's not. Either people outside of us can look at us and say the God is not there. I don't know what is there, but something is different about those people. And I want to be here to tell you today that God has called us to be a different kind of people to be a people that has been endowed with power that God is calling to move radically in our community. I've been praying for this moment that the Holy Spirit would come and baptize us, but there are some things that we must do in order to prepare for him. The first thing is we must get right with God. God will not partner with us unless we repent of our sins and turn away from anything that offends him. He is calling us to lean in and to love him again. Anything in your life that keeps you from calling Jesus as king, you must change. Number two, we are to ask in faith. Don't doubt that a faithful God when prayed to and asked in a faithful way will not be faithful to his promise. 
Don't doubt that you will speak in tongues. Don't doubt that you will have gifts. Don't doubt that you'll have a boldness. Don't doubt that he'll break the chains of bondage and the addictions that you've been struggling with for years. Don't doubt it because he will. He will. He will. We need to prepare our hearts because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, there will be a reaction. There will be a reaction. Being baptized in the Spirit is an overwhelming experience and we'll be filled with joy and sorrow from our sins. And we'll, we'll have a desire to, to love Him and to serve Him all at the same time. And there's no wrong reaction as long as it does not remove the focus of the Lord Jesus Christ being the center and the purpose and the goal and the reward that God is calling us to. And number four, we stay focused. You see, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just that. It's a choice. It's a choice. Many people choose not to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because Perhaps they doubt that it's for them or perhaps they feel like it's too mystical or too spiritual. But friends, why should you and I be afraid of a gift that God desires to give us? Why should you and I doubt that that gift is for us when the creator God that created you with a purpose has the tool and the power to fulfill it? Doing anything else would be well, it's just living short of the purpose that God has called us to live. And finally, be patient. Jesus called his disciples to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is faithful with his promises, and he'll be faithful to you when you call out to him. But we must be patient. If I could ask everybody in the room to stand this morning. The Lord will not baptize you in the Holy Spirit if you are not given over completely to him. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I wanna give you the opportunity to set things right with him. You know in your heart and your life that you're not living a life pleasing to him right now. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that the power of the Holy Spirit would be here in this place. Your word de declares, Lord, that your spirit is here among us, Lord. I pray, God, that you would, that you would begin to move in and through our hearts and our lives, convicting us of our sins and drawing us into you and your presence in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eye closed, just as a private, personal time between you and Jesus, you're here this morning and you say, Pastor John, I need to make some things right with Jesus right now. That's, that's you. I want you to simply slip up your hand. If that's you, I'm looking all around this place right now. I need to make things right with the Lord. One, two, three, four, five. Wow. Six, seven, eight. Wow. Nine, I see you there. Looking all around. I see you, yes, sir. Looking all around. Wow. Wow. Oh, Heavenly Father, you see these hands raised right now. Hallelujah. If I could have my prayer partners come down right now. If you're a prayer partner, please 
come this way. If you're, if you're a minister at Christ's legacy or if you're a minister somewhere, would you come this way right now? I, I'm going to convert you into prayer partners this morning. You're here this morning also and you'd say, Pastor John, I'm a Christian, but I haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit and I desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or I desire to be re-baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was such a long time ago and I've fallen so short. If that's you, if that's you or you raise your hand for salvation, would you begin to step out right now? Right now, and we're going to pray over you right now. As a matter of fact, if that's you, would you just grab somebody's hand and bring them down with you because you need somebody praying with you? Come on, begin to move out of your seats right now. You want to be rebaptized from in the Holy Spirit, or you want to be baptized for the very first time? That's you. You need this in your life. Come on down right now, and we're going to pray that a faithful God will be faithful to His promise in baptizing you. Oh, folks. Oh, folks, would you step out right now and tap into the presence of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Right now, would you just reach out your hands and begin to pray at this moment? If the Lord has baptized you in the Holy Spirit before with initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues, would you just begin to pray in that prayer language right now? Heavenly Father, we ask God that you'd be here in this place right now. Lord, in this moment, Lord, there are people that have come to know you in salvation that are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit on the first day that they're saved. Lord, in this moment right now, God, that there are people that have been saved for a very long time but have never encountered you in a real and powerful way through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we desire to know you in an intimate way. Lord Jesus, there are people here this morning that have not been baptized in a very long time. They need a refilling and a refreshing of your power. Lord, so that they can walk in the direction that you've called them to do, so that they can do the things that you've called them to do. Lord, to walk and step in boldness and in faith. Lord, and to, and, to, and to have the tools and the gifts that you've called them to have so that they can do what you've called them to do. Lord Jesus, I pray that you begin to move through your spirit right now in this church. Oh Lord, we desire a move and a work by your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continue to pray everywhere that you're praying right now. But I want to mention this to you, each one of us today. I want to ask a simple question. What would happen if every individual in this room was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If every person in this room walked around in the boldness that God has called us to live in? If every person in this room was endowed with spiritual gifts where we could prophesy and preach and teach and love and serve and give, where we'd be anointed to be workers of hospitality. We could be anointed to, to minister to community in such unique ways and draw all people to a, to a loving, and a forgiving Savior. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so that you'll live a holy life and so that you'll be a witness to Him everywhere you go. God desires for this church
to be a church that moves in the power of the Holy Spirit, to see miracles take place. Wouldn't you like that to see at Christ's Legacy Church? So my challenge is this. If you're praying and actively seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, continue, press in, be patient, wait on the Lord. Don't seek the gifts of the baptism, but seek the giver of the baptism. Worship Him with a whole heart. Turn away from the things that have been controlling your life and turn to Him, and your life will be radically changed. And if you believe me, say amen. amen. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, all over this room, Lord Jesus, that a genuine desire, Lord, a genuine passion, Lord, for our church, for each one of us, would be a would be to be baptized in your Holy Spirit so that we can serve in the way that you've called us to serve, so we can love in the way that you've called us to love, so that we can give in the way that you've called us to give. I pray, God, that you'd empower us, Lord, to find you, to give hope, and to do life together. We love you in Jesus' matchless name. Amen and amen. You're dismissed in his presence this morning.